Open up your Bibles. Yeah. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Praise say it like you're a, you're a Pentecostal preacher. Praise the Lord. Saint <laughs> Corinthians chapter 9. Amen. Verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he... He purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Look at your neighbor and say, God loves a cheerful giver. No, look at him in the eyes and say it slow. God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything, for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. While through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. And by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen. I want to just talk about the fruits of your righteousness. The fruits of your righteousness. Because the Bible says in verse 10, it says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. And so the, the, the fruits of your righteousness, they, they increase. They're the harvest of the seeds that you've sown, of the seeds you've sown. I was, uh, we were so blessed to hear from, from Pastor David Garza out of Mexico on, uh, I believe it was Monday night. He testified what God did for him. This past year, every year, he, 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 takes a, he takes missionaries from the United States into Mexico. And they go and they minister to the, the really desperate places. They, they go into the squatters camps where people literally have just found a, a location and just kind of like set up a little place to live. And they go into the dumps where literally it's the trash of the entire area of Matamoros. And families live there. They make little houses and little homes there, and they live there, and they scavenge the, the trash, and they sell it. That's how they live. That's how they, they get their food. That's how they, they, they survive. You know, I've, I've been there many times to minister with David. 
And even on the drive over there, two, three miles from the, the, the city dumps, it hits you, the smell and the stench. And this is the condition that families live in Matamoros in, the, in that area. And so he goes and he takes missionaries every Christmas and they do a big barbecue and they feed everybody rice and beans and chicken. And, and they, have, they bring in trailers full of Christmas uh, gifts to give out to all the children and to the family. And they bring rice and beans for them to take home so they have food to eat. And so this is something that's not just done at the last minute. Something that's planned and prepared. A lot of sacrifice, a lot of hard work throughout the year just so that it can become a big event. Normally they'll have three to 5,000 people in this event feeding everybody, giving as many gifts as they can. This past year, we all know that the border becomes unstable sometimes with violence. And in the area that they minister at, it's become violent. And so David was concerned about taking groups over there, not knowing if they would be safe. And, and you know, as, as a leader, you want to make sure that you are responsible. There are times that the Lord will tell me to do something, and I'll do it, but I won't take anybody with me because I know it, I want to be responsible. I don't want, I, I'm willing to follow the Lord, but that's my decision to follow the Lord. That's not everybody's decision. And so it's times that we have to sacrifice. David called me the week before, and he asked me what I thought, and, and I was telling him, hey, bro, wait till it gets a little calmer. Do it another day. You know, this is a marathon. It's not a, a sprint. We all want to go to heaven, but not quick. <laughs> and so, he, you know, he was in peace. Like, yeah, I'm going to go and cancel this thing. But, but the people were, that were coming, the missionaries, they said, no, let's go. We've already spent the money. Everything's prepared. Let's go. And so they prayed, and they asked God for protection. They went out in the spirit. And they crossed the border in a caravan. As soon as they crossed the border, they got pulled over by the, the federal police. And you never know what, what, what they're going to deal with. A lot of times there's, there, there's extortion that takes place. And so the, this, the, this one police kept on surrounding them, driving around them. David got out. The, the, the police officer stopped. There was a woman. And she starts approaching him, holding her gun. And David's backing up. He's thinking, what did I do? What did I do? And she looks at him, she says, David, what did I do? Do I know you? David, you don't recognize me? And she got close to him. And she introduced herself. She said, David. My family met you when I was a little girl in the dumps. And you and your ministry paid for me to go to school. And since then, and she started naming a bunch of other children that had gone to school and that they're all doing well. They're all blessed. They're out of that dumps, living a professional life, and they are blessed. And she's crying, thanking him for his sacrifice. See, that's the fruits of righteousness. Where you are walking with God and you are able to give to every need because you're not giving to a person. You are serving the Lord through that person. 
She began to list so many people that 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 ministry has blessed throughout the years. And she said, what are you all doing? He said, "We're we're going to the dumps to to give out gifts. She called all of her friends, and they escorted the whole team over there, watched over the whole team, and they gave out the gifts and had one of the best Christmases. Hallelujah. There are rewards to the seeds that you have sown. There are rewards. There are rewards in heaven, and there are rewards on earth. We never know what it's going to look like. We don't know what the harvest is going to look like. But we're not giving to a man and we're not giving to to a person or, or, or a thing. We're giving to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I promise you, whatever you put in the hands of God, he will reward you for every sacrifice. He will reward you for every sacrifice. There are many people that have a lot of wealth. There are many people that they live their whole life chasing after more wealth and more wealth. And the thing that I've learned about those that live for for money, it's never enough. And they're afraid of losing what they got. You know, once you give everything to God, you're no longer afraid of losing. (laughs) Because you don't have it anymore. It's all his. I can't tell you how many times I've looked at the offering bucket and I just wanted to jump in. Here, God. All of me. We've been bought with the price. Your life is not your own. If you, if you, have, if you have asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, it wasn't because you, you didn't get saved because you chose Jesus. You got saved because he chose you. And your eyes were open to his glory. And you couldn't help but run into his arms and live for him. Amen. Someone said, if, if getting to heaven was the only purpose of salvation, then we should die immediately after we get saved. No. We're bringing some people with us. There is a work that God has for every single one of us. And we have to lay down our lives for him. Serve him. Honor him. Give unto him. He's the one that gives you the seed. He's the one that's, that, that blessed you in the first place. Someone says, well, no, it's my education that did this. It's my work that did this. Did you cause your heart to beat? He's the one that opens the doors for you. He's the one that gives you favor. Amen. It all belongs to him. The whole world belongs to him. Amen. And so we honor God. With our giving, and the promise of the Lord is when we sow seeds, he will put a grace upon our life. In other words, his power, his anointing, his strength, so that we could give into every need. I think one of the saddest things that I've, I've experienced or I've seen is when, when there's a, a, a real call of God for giving, but people look at, the, look at it and say, I just can't give because I don't have. That is, that is not the word of God. The word of God says that he will give us a strength to be able to give to every need. Amen. Even if you just put first, you know, before you give your money, you have to give your heart. Once you give your heart, God will put in your hands what you're supposed to give. Amen. 
and it will impact many. You're going to leave a mark in this world. People are going to know Jesus Christ because of your sacrifices, because of your commitment to the preaching of the gospel. How many of y'all believe that? And that's why you have to always encourage yourself to serve, to honor, to give, and put a joy in your heart when you give because God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. He doesn't like a stingy giver. He doesn't like a grudging giver. He loves a cheerful giver. Amen. And he's the one that will give to you and multiply the seeds that are sown. Amen. But people that, that, that live for money, it's never enough. And even what they have, they're afraid of losing. They could be multiple, multiple millionaires. But yet they're still in fear. Everything they do is, is, is geared around money. You know, I thank God for all that the Lord has allowed us to do because we've never had what we needed to do. We never had the finances to do it, but we had faith. And everything that we've done has been purchased by faith in God. Amen. And so as we've been trusting God, God just provides. Last year we've been able to do about $250,000 of construction in the facility all by faith. The Lord told us every time we pour out, he'll fill back up. Amen. And he's faithful. And we're just starting. Amen. We're going to be working in 2020. Get ready. Amen. Hallelujah. He's going to pour out his blessings upon you. I was, I was uh, in the home of probably the wealthiest man in the valley. He called me up. He wanted my counsel. Not saved. Didn't believe in God. But he found himself wanting to talk to me. And so I, I went over to his house, and I sat on his, couch, on his couch. Now, I've sat on some couches before. But this couch was different. Amen. This happened about five years ago. And um, I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at his huge house, the huge room. Everything was top of the line. And he began to speak about how wealthy he was. He began to speak how he had just came back from a, a hunting trip and how he had homes in different nations. And he said, if anything happened in this world in, in the United States, I could go to this nation. I got homes over there. I go to this nation. I got homes over there. I got wealth over there. He's talking. I mean, I didn't ask him. But he wanted to brag and tell me all the money they had. So I'm just listening. And I'm listening to him, and the Lord speaks to me. He says, you're more wealthy than this man. And I'm like, I'm, God, I know you're telling me this, but his couch is worth more than my car. And the car is the only thing that I owned. What do you mean I'm more wealthy? This man has houses. In different nations, he has private jets. This guy has wealth. God says, you're more wealthy than this man. And I said, Lord, you're going to have to show me. And he told me, he says, if you go to Africa, wouldn't you have a thousand families that will rise up and meet you at the airport, greet you and offer you their house to stay and feed you and love you? Yes. That's true. If you go to Europe, the same thing would happen, would it? Yes, that's true. 
How about in the United States? When people come running to help you if they ever found you in need? Yes, that's true. They love me. South America? Yes. Asia? Yes. You're more wealthy than this man. We are more wealthy than the wealth of this world. People can give you money, but they can't give you their heart. But the Lord allows us to serve, to sow, and to show them his goodness. Show them his goodness. And as we do, the harvest in return is their love unto us. Amen. I pray that 2020 is going to be a year of great harvest for the fruits of your righteousness. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah.